welcome back to season two of About This Writing Thing, a bi-weekly podcast about the craft of writing and living the writing life. I am your host, novelist, short story writer, and MFA, say word B, Eller, and I am thrilled to be back. So, um, first let me give you an update about what happened, why I took such a long hiatus, especially when... I told you at the beginning of season two that I did not anticipate such a hiatus. In July, I started working again, and then very soon after, my husband found out that he was getting a promotion and we needed to move two states over. We also found out around the same time that we were going to be evicted from our house. Not forcefully evicted, our landlord just wanted to fix up the house we'd been living in for 14 years, and then we found out about the promotion. So there was this succession of things that happened, and I was in the midst of thesis, and I just had to let something kind of take a back seat, and unfortunately that was about this writing thing. So we moved in August. I lived with my daughter until October. And then I moved down to Arkansas to live with my husband in November. So now, it's December 21st for me, happy solstice, but for you, it is now January 5th, 2022. I hope that you had a very happy holiday, a very happy new year, and I hope you are ready to talk about the writing life. For this first episode back, I wanted to do something light, especially, you know, since we're coming back from the holidays. So I thought I would talk about something that I have actually been thinking about a lot since the beginning of November when I watched a particular YouTuber. This person is someone that I check in on from time to time. There was a huge scandal with them in 2018, which is the first time that I'd ever heard of them. They've self-published several titles. They're a young adult fantasy writer, I think. So, since the scandal, I check in on them from time to time, and I just like to see what they're up to because their brand changes a lot. Um... They like to dabble in self-help stuff, and now they're into more of an occult thing. So I like to to kind of keep an eye on what they're doing, just because I don't. I think it may be some sort of morbid curiosity. I'm not sure, <laughs> but I do like to just check in on this person from time to time. And in November, I went to their channel and I watched the video that they had uploaded. And of course, they talked about their uh, Preptober experience and how they'd had their theme of, uh, you know, their Halloween theme. We all have that, right? And well, I don't want to say all because I'm sure we don't all have it. But many of us have this feeling in October. Some of us, it's more of a spiritual or um, I don't want to say religious, but some of us, some of us, it's more of a natural thing and others, it's kind of getting caught up in the vibe that is October because it's like the best month of the whole year. So anyway, they talked about how after October was over, they were kind of in a funk because they didn't know what kind of theme they wanted. And then they were sitting out somewhere and, and all of a sudden they saw somebody and boom, they had their, they had their theme. And this moved into an aesthetic. And I don't know about the rest of you who have been writing for a while, but I always feel a little overprotective of new writers, of baby writers, of 
baby writers who, and when I say baby writers, I don't mean that in a way that is derogatory or anything. Like, I mean new writers. Like, they're new to the craft. They're embracing this, they're embracing the writing, the writing part of themselves, I guess. So they don't really have a lot of, they don't have any experience and they don't have a lot of knowledge. So I always feel a little overprotective of them, especially when I feel like someone takes advantage. And I don't want to say that this particular person is taking advantage. I think that they're just trying to make a living because they don't want to go back to kind of a regular normal job. They want to do like a lot of us do and work from home. And so they're trying different things. And though I don't particularly agree with some of their choices, it's not my life. So (laughs) that is not my business. However, I started to really think about everything that you see on Instagram and on Facebook and on even on Twitter and especially on YouTube when it comes to writers and all of the things that are kind of put out there, not kind of, that are put out there for new writers. And when I first started out writing, I needed somebody to look up to. I needed a mentor, somebody to help me navigate writing and how to write and how to be a writer. So I look to these people who have this this unique opportunity because not all of us are heard by everybody, right? Not all of us have 30,000 or 40,000 or even 15,000 subscribers. I don't even have a thousand. <laughs> I don't even have 700 on Instagram, I don't think. So these people have a unique opportunity to reach a lot of new writers. And as such, I think I think that opportunity comes with a responsibility of sorts because it you can't place all responsibility on creators. You can't say, oh, you can't tell them that they have to have a writing aesthetic. You can't tell them that they have to love hot tea. <laughs> you can't tell because really all these people are doing is they are, they're putting out there what works for them and what they like. And these baby writers see this and they're like, oh, well, that must be what being a writer is. It's kind of like when I watched Romancing the Stone when I was a kid and and Joan Wilder has this amazing apartment in Manhattan and she meets her agent to have lunch and they have this really great friendship. So as a as a kid, as a baby writer, I thought this is the way that writers live. This is actually how the writing life is. And then I watched Funny Farm with Chevy Chase and, you know, Andy Farmer, he gets to buy the dream house out in the country with this fantastic view. And he does it all with, um, with an advance. So of course I think, oh, you know, that's the writing life. So my point, (laughs) aside from the fact that I was very naive, My point is baby writers are very, they're very impressionable. So whenever writers that they respect and that they follow and that they're enamored with, whenever those writers put out these ideas that this is what, this is what it is to be a writer, then these baby writers adopt this. And then 
along the way, some people eventually forget that writing is not an aesthetic, that you don't have to have the, the, you know, the perfect bookshelves behind you when you take a picture, or you don't have to have a mug of hot tea. You don't have to like hot tea if you don't want to. It's kind of like Julia Roberts' character in Runaway Bride. Like, her favorite eggs are always the way that whoever she's with, the man that she's with, whatever his favorite eggs are, that's her favorite way to have eggs. And it just feels a lot like that with these new writers seeing these writers who are out there doing their thing and they're living, you know, they're living their best writer life. But it comes across to new writers as... Oh, this is what a writer is. No, a writer is somebody who sits down and does the work. That's the writer. The writer is somebody who, after they've done the work, has to somehow convince you that they are fabulous enough for you to follow, which these content creators have done, and that's something that I still haven't unlocked. I don't know what the hell I'm doing most of the time, let alone how to get more than 600 followers on Instagram or how to get somebody to pay attention to my stuff on Twitter. It's like the algorithm sucks, yes, but I think I suck a little bit more than the algorithm, so <laughs> I'm not hating on people who are out there and they're giving a glimpse into their to their lives. I'm not hating on them at all, and I think it's great that they give this inside, if it was... If it was more transparent, I think it's great that they're giving this inside look into their lives. But honestly, the aesthetic of a writer is just whatever you're comfortable in whenever you're writing. <laughs> so if you are comfortable in yoga pants and a t-shirt with your hair up in a messy bun, that's it's fine to write that way. You don't have to get dressed up in dark academia I know some of you are going to know. <laughs> but anyway, you don't have to dress up to be a writer. Now, if you're going to be on social media, I guess that you need to be presentable. So it is, and if you're going to be, you know, if you're going to be on Instagram or YouTube or whatever, doing your videos, you do have to be presentable, which I understand. But I just wish that there was more transparency. I really like some... Of, and I don't want to plug anybody's name in particular, but there's a couple of YouTubers that I do pay attention to for more than just morbid curiosity. And it's because they have a, a more realistic kind of channel and Instagram because Instagram is my favorite social media in case I haven't said that. But I like to follow accounts that are real. And even though I have issues with rapid release publishing, which we will cover in the season finale of about this writing thing, but one of the writers that I follow is a, a pub, is an indie author who releases rapidly. And the other one releases more on a traditional schedule, which I really appreciate because this person shows that you can be successful when you're only releasing a book every year to two years. You just, uh, I think there's a balance there. But anyway, so I follow one person who 
does more of a traditional kind of release and I follow another person who does more of a rapid release but the difference between these people and and there's another that I follow who hasn't actually published anything yet but they do invite you into their writing life and they are probably the most transparent that I have seen they're the most honest and um that I've seen I haven't seen a ton (laughs) I know that there are more out there, but those are the ones that I tend to gravitate to or the ones that really do feel real and it doesn't feel like they are just, you know, dancing around their house to entertain me. They're actually out there giving something to help and not just to entertain. I don't need to be entertained. I've got streaming services for entertainment. I am interested in what you have to give to the writing community. And I, you know, just like I try to give back to the writing community with this podcast and I try to give back to the writing community through engagement with the people that I follow on social media. That's what I look for in accounts that I follow, unless I'm just morbidly curious about what you have going on. (laughs) They are out there and they do not have a particular fantasy role that they're trying to push at you. You know, they do their makeup to do their videos or whatever, but you also see the realness with with the one who rapid release publishing. You see this person doing the work, getting the words in, telling you about how stressful it is to do the work and get the words in. And then the one who is the more, more in line with traditional releasing, they get dolled up and and they do their videos but they're also very real in their videos and they let you know they let you know hey this is just me in this moment i have a lot of stuff going on in the background and it's not glamorous and then the other one that i follow same thing they're just very down to earth and they're like okay well this is what i do i've got coffee i've got computer and i go for (laughs) i go for a walk so that's what i think that's the aesthetic that we should be pushing. Not this happy, happy-go-lucky, you know, everything is, is always roses because it's not, because writing is hard. Some days, you like some days I don't even open my computer because it sucks that hard, especially when I'm in first draft because that's the, that's the hardest part for me is actually creating the story. So when I am in first draft mode, There might be two weeks that I can't even bear to look at my computer because I'm at that point where I don't really know what I'm going to write next. And then one day I wake up and I'm like, okay, well, this has to get done. I can't, it can't be finished if you don't sit down and finish it. So then I sit down and I write. And that's really the only aesthetic that there is. And I understand people have to create content and the prettier you are the more people are going to follow you I get it that's that's cool but at least be real about it like just be real that's that's it well that's all that I've got for you this time thank you for listening and thank you for coming back I am excited to be back at least for the rest of this season I am um, I am trying to think if I will continue the podcast on to season three or if I'll kind of shift gears because everyone has a podcast now. <laughs> so I'm still struggling with whether or not there will be a season three of About This Writing Thing, but there will definitely be a complete season two. So next 
time, episode five, I am going to talk about some writing advice that I think is bad writing advice. So, and if there's anything that you would like for me to talk about, you can always email me, sayword at saywordbeller.com, or you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at saybeller, or... Yeah, those are the best places to find me, really. <laughs> so, um, you can always direct message me, or you can just comment on something, whatever. However you want to do it, it's fine. But until then, take care, and please keep writing. However you do it, however you look, just keep writing.